Hey, all my IFG friends, this is Steve. I want to say, you know, if you like movies like I do, we've started a new podcast called Happy Hour Flicks. Uh, you can find it anywhere podcasts are found. It's all about nostalgic movies that we love, and we bring on special guests each episode, and we also have specialty cocktails made for each one, too. So it really is an hour of a good time talking about movies that we love, like Gremlins, uh, Seven, uh, Free Willy. Uh, we talk about The Last Starfighter also. So, I mean, we kind of run the gamut across all the decades and really have a great time. So I wanted to invite you to come over and join us at Happy Hour Flicks, anywhere podcasts are found. We happen to have this movie that fits within the world, and conceptually, we're going to pod ourselves. We're going to be this small, tight-knit group, and we're specifically going to travel to locations and avoid COVID hotspots. Basically, we take COVID and just lean into it, right? So everything that's a problem with COVID, we made it one of the things going for us. This is the, the independent, independent, independent filmmaker's guide from Framework Productions. Framework, Framework Productions. On IFG, we talk about independent film from development through delivery. By featuring discussions with creators and collaborators about their experiences, we form a roadmap to help you have the most success with your projects. Independent filmmaking already comes with so many inherent struggles. Now imagine adding in all the extra challenges that took place in the middle of the COVID-19 outbreak and quarantine. Today, we speak with the filmmakers of the new indie feature, Every Man For Himself, about how they adapted their production to be filmed at the height of the pandemic. Something that's challenging during a challenging environment, like you have to have a great squad. That's Monica Vega Gorsa producer of Every Man For Himself. Wait a second, I'm supposed to be making movies. So, you know, you work your ass off and trying to find your way back. And that's Gary Gardner, screenwriter and director. So you just produced and directed a film during COVID times. Have you even started editing yet? I'm your host, Stephen Pierce. <laughs> Indeed we have. Yep, uh, we wrapped about a month and a half ago. Uh, the movie is called Every Man For Himself. And it's about a, a reformed ex-convict of four years uh, who returns to his old, old prison uh, and he picks up his old cellmate when he's released from prison. And uh, they proceed to go on a cross-country country drive to repay an old debt from the inside. Gotcha. Okay, great. So it's a road, it's a road trip story. Yeah, it is. The little I'd known about it beforehand. All right, so... Uh, so how, how did you guys meet? Let's start kind of from the beginning. Monica, Gary, how did you guys get connected and how did the movie come about in your radar or onto your radar? Oh, well, um, thank you, Stephen, for having me here and nice to, to share our story. Uh, I think uh, Gary and I pretty much connected uh, years before on a... Um, it was a high fashion brand commercial and he was doing like another unit. And that was the first time that we didn't realize that until we were both in line at an IFP conference thing. And we just couldn't figure out like why we looked so familiar, but during waiting in line all day and, you know, doing those meetings, we connect. It's like, Oh yeah, I'm in Brooklyn. You're in Brooklyn. Start talking about food <laughs> and Roberta's and, the best pizza and then we realized we did had worked together years before and then maybe like a month or two after that he reached out to me to produce a commercial for him and then we just 
kept working together. And now I, he's like my brother from another mother. You know, we just, we're both super much, we approach work the same way, like, you know, pragmatic, fair, fun, don't be an asshole, get it done. <laughs> so that's probably been, what is it, seven, eight years, Gary? Yeah, maybe a little more. Maybe a little more. more. So you guys have worked, <laughs> I mean, you are, it sounds like you've worked quite a bit in the commercial branded fashion world together before. Oh, right? yeah, a lot of branded content, a lot of commercials. Yeah. yeah. I went to film school uh, back when, you know, with the intention of making movies and then you finish film school and then you say, you know, how am I going to make a living doing this? And you kind of end up <laughs> doing advertising for many years. And then you say, wait a second, I'm supposed to be making movies. So, you know, you work your ass off and trying to find your way back. But you know what, Gary, you know, that's weird that you, that's weird and funny that you say that because I have to say, if it wasn't for all the commercials that I've done and all the, and the branded pieces in a period of a year, you can, you can actually execute 20 plus short stories. So you're constantly prepping, wrapping, prepping, shooting, wrapping, prepping, shooting, wrapping, prepping. So then it's just like, oh, I got to do this. You got to do this, you know, cause you're, you know, in commercials and branded content, you're in and out like the Marines. And so like for me to start up a company and to do the insurance, to do the credit card, I already know the vendors, I already have a relationship. And so when it comes to doing a film, I'm like, oh, I got time. Oh, I have four weeks of casting. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> I don't have to cram like 20 showgirl casting things in like, you know, three days or whatever. So I feel that being in commercials really gets you super ready for a film. Yeah. I mean, I've th spoken to several people that have done that. And that's kind of been our background too, is we've been making branded and commercial stuff for a long time. And I've, as we've started to move forward, you know, into trying to make films, it seems like a lot of it's going to translate, but it's a very, very different monster. It's not just wake up today and now you're making a film and you know everything. It's a very different world. Oh yeah, that's very true. So Without speaking question. of that... Yeah, yeah, I think it's more of a statement and I'm just letting the silence of, uh, you know, effort <laughs> resound through time. Shaking my head, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so filming during COVID is specifically what I think is interesting about you guys making a road trip because you guys were filming during some of the, and especially a road trip during the heat of a lot of this. So what was different specifically about your approach this time than what you normally do? How did you, how did you say one day, this is okay, we can make this work? Well, I think, you know, you, when you start making a movie, it's kind of a big project. So this started way before COVID even began. Um, essentially a year prior to shooting was when I initially came up with the concept for the movie and started writing it. Uh, and the idea from the start was I'm going to make, you know, a, uh, a movie that we could go out on the road with a smaller crew and you know, focus on what makes movies great, you know, and it's the story and the acting and working with great people and kind of, you know, thinking about, you know, how can I make the coolest movie with, you know, as little people as we could possibly have, you know, and, and focus on the creativity rather than, you know, some of the bigger technical aspects of, you know, some high budget movie. So, you know, 
after spending nine months working on the script and, you know, then COVID was happening. And, and then the question was, well, I'm not going to just wait until, you know, the world comes around, you know, this business as a whole, you know, you kind of have to be relentless. So uh, we kind of just had the mindset of, okay, let's just, what needs to happen to make a movie, you know, and let's just take it from there and let's not worry about COVID, you know, really let's kind of ignore it for now and you know there's so many things that you have to take care of and think about and you know uh check boxes so you kind of just start making a movie like any other thing that you would start to make right absolutely and so you guys i mean you basically just turned into sounds like kind of a pod just like moving around the country you guys are just basically yeah. all yeah i when i got more involved and and took over the production again Cause I was, I was a little out in the beginning of it because I had uh, a child. And so in the beginning of COVID, but then once we started really like, okay, Monica, like you're, you have childcare, let's do it. I'm like, let's do it. And so basically we you take COVID and just lean into it. Right. So everything that's a problem with COVID, we made it our, um, one of the things going for us, you know, we have, <laughs> you have way more actors available to you because they're not working. Right. So then we can also, I think one of the challenges though, obviously was that SAG, right? Our film, SAG made it very clear to us. Our film was the first film to be approved for on location. By that time, you know, once we started our dialogue, they started shooting in, in New York for about two or three weeks, two or three weeks out in LA, from my understanding. But our shoot would be the first one that's traveling on location everything else had been in a very like um lab kind of setting like on stages where it have complete and total control and so you know with covid we our production got pushed was it three times gary yep three times. yeah three we had to go back but you know each time we did that gary and i like really looked at the film and gary went back and rewrote and rewrote because I think um, it gave us an opportunity. It's like, okay, how are we going to make this even tighter and make it even tighter and even tighter? And once we got the crew that we wanted, you know, worked with the vendors that we wanted because everybody had not worked in so long. Everybody was just so excited to work. And then obviously it had to be uh, super buttoned up because you don't want to be that, you know, pardon my French, the asshole that gets your crew all sick during COVID, you know? So we went back and forth and we got, we, we got approved with our plan, which was, you know, we ran a tight ship and it was pretty, we, nobody got, I mean, like it was pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and just to, to speak to the pod <laughs> idea, I mean, when we first, you know, set out to produce this, there wasn't any guidebook. There wasn't any specific, you know, uh, rules in which one should follow. So you kind of had to make it up. And, you know, our first idea was, okay, well, just by default, you know, we happen to have this movie that fits within the world and conceptually we're going to pot ourselves. We're going to be this small tight knit group and we're specifically going to travel to locations and avoid, you know, uh, COVID hotspots. Uh, so, you know, we actually, that was our whole design. And that was like how we're going to make this movie, just thinking about how we're going to pod ourselves. Um, and as we were, you know, kind of developing this, 
at the same time, SAG started to come up with rules and started working with studios at, you know, deciding like, what are, what are the rules going to be? And SAG was working with all the other unions and they essentially, you know, made one rule book called the way forward. But while that way forward was being made, we already kind of created this idea of like this pod that we were going to make. So long story short, the pod idea that we presented to SAG because SAG needed to approve the project. So, you know, they would allow the actors, you know, to participate in our project. Mm -hmm. And they said, no, that's not good enough. So like we actually spent months (laughs) building a whole plan, you know, thinking about locations, designing everything that we were going to do. And they said, no. So we kind of actually had to go back to the drawing board and, you know, rewrite our plan and our individual way forward, which you can't have your own way forward. You kind of have to abide by the rules of, of, of the industry. Right. Obviously, what did they, what did, what was different about the what they ended up approving versus Just what you've done? Simply, initially? simply put, like it was testing. You know how many tests needed to be done, and, you know, and how they were going to get done. Like you know that was like the biggest, you know, uh, separation between you know what we originally had set in mind right. and, and what the, <laughs> you know what they wanted from us. It it um just. It, it put our budget 15% more by the time, by the time we started Oof. it and where we ended and what was acceptable, we're 15% more than what um, we had budgeted for COVID. When did you guys, when were you filming? What date, what date? Um, you our, let's see. Our, our, our first shoot oh, date, August. I believe was, yeah. Yeah. August, you know, August. 16th or something. We were in the West, like Idaho, Utah, mm-hmm. and Montana. But when we went, they had like one county had nothing. A few counties had nothing. There was a lot of research. Right. So what ended up, what, what testing did they end up making you have to do? How did you, how did, cause you're traveling, you're literally traveling from town to town to town, right? You did like an actual road trip rather than being like create a circle and drive around this space or how, how did you approach it? Yeah. That? At first, uh, you know, our original plan was we were going to get tested once a week. Uh, and find locations, but uh, we were shooting in Utah, Nevada, Idaho, Montana, and Wyoming. And you know, in some of these, we were in very isolated rural areas, and some of these places don't have right. hospitals. Wasn't even oh a testing. God. Wasn't yeah. even a thing. Research yeah. days of research, days of research. So the solution was, um, you know, now there's tons of them, but like there are you hire like a set nurse type of person or a set medic. And now there's a, there's a number of companies like that now that all studios are using. But at that time there was a handful we used. So basically instead of having somebody traveling with us, we did like telemedicine. And so they sent to us um, the number of tests that we needed for the shoot so that it's the whole crew and the actors and you get tested every three days and so you take the test you do telemedicine just like what we're doing right now you administer it yourself or you have another um, crew member that's been trained to do it to administer and then you ship off you ship it out and so it's very rapid and so you're constantly testing and testing and getting the results testing and testing and um it worked it worked so does that take like two or three days to get those tests back? I think even now, where was it? Where was it then? You have to get the test results back 
in less than 72 hours. So essentially you would, you would uh, self-administer a test on a morning, you know, let's say Monday morning, you would overnight it to the lab and they would receive it on Tuesday morning. And within 24 to 48 hours, they would provide the results to you online by a text or by a text message. You would receive a notification mm-hmm. and you could log on to, you know, the portal and receive your, your results. So it was just constantly happening. Like, uh, and it became part of, you know, the production schedule. We just, we had to schedule it as part of our days. You know, we would meet for breakfast and testing and everyone would test and, you know, and then we'd, uh, you know, the crew members would, you know, everybody would go about their days, uh, you know, go get the lights and whatnot. Yeah. I think it, I kind of want a little context for like how this is moving because you guys are physically moving through the country filming. How many vehicles are in your caravan? What's your, what's your crew kit? Like what's your total? So generally speaking, our footprint was uh, eight people traveling uh, to talent. um, And, you know, um, the DP, uh, an AC swing, myself, um, uh, a traveling producer, uh, a traveling, um, kind of AD assistant. Um, how many is that? Exactly. <laughs> well, the AD assistant was like, he was more of a, he, the both of them like were fixers. Then we have sound. Yep. And, and sound. And then we had five remote producers that could help coordinate everything, you know, from where we're going to, you know, the testing Scheduling, that we need to get done. Everything. Scheduling, budget, everything. So how were you, I mean, I want to get, uh, later whenever we could see the movie i want to get into how you actually shot it but just for context wise how many vehicles does it take to move all those people in a picture scenario so are you like watching wireless video are you how are you monitoring audio how are you coordinating all this yep so we what we did you know the uh we had two vehicles um and the picture vehicle was a white pickup truck with a quad cab so there's a back seat And what we did was the production vehicle was an identical vehicle. So, you know, as you're on the road, should anything happen, you could jump in the other vehicle and continue shooting. So four people in one vehicle, four people in the other vehicle. In one vehicle, it was the two actors, myself, a director, and and the camera, uh, the DP, who was operating. In the other vehicle, you had the sound, the swing, the producer, and the AD. Um, so back of both truck beds, literally filled to the brim, you know, one, one truck had, you know, the camera gear and the other truck had personal belongings and like literally, you know, you could probably fit, you know, an iPhone. That's how much space was left by the end. You know, it was like every morning we got to the point where you have to know exactly how to pack this, uh, truck. Yeah. And and I know Gary, you keep saying he's an AD, but he was really a fixer because we made a very... I, I want to point this out that we made a very conscious decision not to have an AD and that to speak to Gary's, like, you know, working with Gary is, is a, a complete pleasure because I'm working with a talented director that not only is a great writer and is great with working with the DP and working with the actors, but also Gary can speak to logistics and everyday, like, the behind the scenes and so to go out into this production and I knew that we were always going to make the day because Gary has that 
he has the ability to think with both sides of his brain. So we had an AD type of person that was there to, to keep Gary like on track, but it was never like a true AD in the sense of like somebody's like flushing out the schedule and stuff like that. That was one of the producers that was remote that, you know, they had worked with Gary, like mapping out the, the, the actual like roadmap of the road film and making decisions. And again, like during this, Stephen, like there was no tech scouting. So you're just rolling up to a place and like guessing what it is. It's a lot of Google mapping, I'm guessing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, it was, you know, uh, as a, you know, a personal love of mine, uh, driving cross country is just something that I've always had fun. And not that I've gone to any of these specific places, but you know, when you do it often enough, you kind of have an idea of, of what it's like and, you know, how to be on the road. And yeah, uh, thanks for those kind words, Monica. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, in a way you're leaving it up to chance, you know, and in, in a way it could be your best friend and it could be your biggest enemy. So as you, you know, the whole thing was planned out beforehand and mapped and yes, Google maps was our best friend, you know, as COVID was going on and we're stuck at home, you see, you, you know, you kind of, you, you map out your day and you say, okay, this is 250 miles. We have to travel to get to our next location. What roads are we going to take? What scenes are we going to shoot? Are they scenes that take place in the vehicle? Are they scenes that take place, you know, on off, you know, like off the road? You know, and you kind of figure out how much time it's going to take. You, you estimate how much time it's going to take, but you don't really know what the locations are going to look like, if they're going to be, you know, what you want. And you have to have the ability to, you know, make adjustments on the fly. Um, so, you know, it, it sometimes it made it super challenging. You know, like if a scene called for a riverside, you got to find a riverside and you can pull up and, you know, who knows what it looks like. Um, and those things, you know, make it, super challenging and hard, but it also makes it beautiful because you end up, you, you show up somewhere and it's, you know, uh, the universe, you know, gives you gifts. Two things that I like, as you described the trucks and like the setting of the logistics, two things jumped to my mind. I was like, that means that everywhere you're stopping, that's a hotel every night, you have to unload and reload these damn trucks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which yeah. sounds... That sounds like miserable. Drive for like, but you know, probably 10, be, 11 hours. Yeah, but you know what? Like this is where it comes into all those years of working in commercials. Like you, you're in and out and, and you know, I have done that. You know, I've, I did camera, I worked myself up, then I switched to production. So, you know, I'm just talking to my DP and I was like, okay, what, what can we drop? What's essential? Like, obviously you're not gonna come to this set with a gearhead. But like, what's, what do we need for some key scenes? And so we're working it out and just feng shuiing and you just keep trimming it down and trimming it down. But I'm always making sure that he has the support that he needs and the gear. Cause I can't send them out with like just one paintbrush. They need to be able to do a canvas. So like, all right, let me get you this stuff. But if we don't need it, like let's consolidate. And so it's surprising. It's like, but that's what people did back in like the sixties and seventies. They didn't have tons and tons of stuff when they went out and did some incredible films. And I think a lot of those films really inspired you, Gary, like just yeah, taking absolutely. it raw. Yeah. I mean, oh. uh, I, I think, I think like you have to, you have to include, you know, the limitations into the creative, you know, when you're doing something like this, 
COVID, small budget, just indie film in general. Like if you're making an indie film, you know, your, your ideas have to include the limitations uh, of what, you know, uh, of what you're going to have available to you because otherwise it's going to hurt you. But, you know, yeah. if you use it to your advantage, then it becomes, you know, one of the greatest assets and it makes your movie better. So it's certain, it's super challenging. You know, you're, you have less tools, but all, at the same time, you have less tools, you know, and you can move faster. You know, we were moving at an unbelievable pace, but yeah, it's a very, it's a pain in the ass at the end of the, every day. You got to, you got to unload it all. You have very expensive camera gear, you yep. know, and every morning you just have to plan, you know, like when we first started, we planned like there's going to be an hour every morning just to get the gear from the hotel room into back into the vehicle and get everything uh, back in the, into the trucks. Um, you know, and after you do it for a certain amount of time, you kind of whittle it down and it becomes like, okay, we only need to, you know, uh, have 45 minutes. Oh, okay. We only need 30 minutes. Uh, but then on days you have COVID testing, then it's like, okay, well, you're not actually starting right away. You got to have leave a right. half an hour for COVID testing. So, you know, you start to plan your days around, you know, getting in and out of hotel rooms. And do you have to COVID test that day? Do you have to find a, co- you know, a mailbox? You, you can't That's just do that. That was my other second <laughs> thing. I was like, that means the whole time you're yep. coordinating, trying to find a damn FedEx in the yep. middle of nowhere, Idaho to ship out a bunch of tests. Yep. It was like constantly being like, we'll drive this way. <laughs> that's a thing. And if you know what, if you drive 15 minutes in the wrong direction, that's a half an hour. Uh, so every decision you make is expensive and, you know, time consuming. And if you're spending, you know, 15 minutes going to a FedEx and 15 minutes backtracking, that's 30 minutes you didn't shoot, you know? So yeah. uh, every year, you know, you're, you're really thinking about every detail. Mm-hmm. We didn't, I want to talk about like our, our crew. I mean, it's really, we, I think when we were talking to crew and and to talent, or just across the board, you know, getting on this journey, it's like, yeah, we have to be, this is it, you know, and we went through a few prospective DPs and then I was like, man, who's going to be the right person? Like everybody I'm talking to that I've like work with recently I was like this is just not a right fit this is not the right energy they don't they're not a, on for an adventure they're too precious and I was like you know what I think there's this the right person who is the an incredible level of creativity incredibly kind um but you know a great approach and that's you know I was like you know I haven't worked with Igor in a really long time I'm gonna see if he's available and down for this seems like, cause it's a road film. It's very like tactile and he was available. And, you know, we set up a, a meeting time and he read the script and he was, it was just a perfect match. And that I have yeah. to say is so key in this is if you're gonna to try to attempt something this challenging during a challenging environment, like you have to have a great squad. And I'm just very happy about that. And our sound guy, Jose, was also just so chill and understanding. And I think um, that was incredibly important to us. It's like, this is going to be hard. (laughs) This is, we just don't like, you know, we need the right energy on that's understanding, you know? Yeah. Was he able to like monitor audio whenever he was out or did you do the thing where you just drop it in the cab and you're listening to it? Okay. So 
just the production as a whole was gutted out, you know, top to bottom. So the DP, Igor Kropotov, super brilliant guy. Um, he obviously had a lot of limitations that he had to work within, you know, we're in a vehicle, we're traveling in a vehicle. So, you know, you got to really, really like French overs. <laughs> French overs. Yep. You, you lean into these things. And he's a tall uh, guy. <laughs> he's a big guy, uh, you know, and Monica, you know, and he's an adventurer and he is a very creative guy, you know, so you think about the limitations and, you know, how does that contribute to the story? Um, so he had his hands full, literally, you know, being in a, a, you know, a small packed car, you know, with three other people and, you know, what can you do? Uh, and he took it so far, you know, he, he really, you know, uh, did wonders for this movie for sure. Um, and the sound guy, Jose Garitti, um, yeah, he was not able to travel in the car and monitor audio a lot of the time. So how did that work? You know, we basically would draw, you know, he would set up, uh, he would mic the vehicle and mic the individuals, you know, based on what, where the camera was positioned and, you know, which direction we're shooting in, um, and mic it multiple ways. And then he would go in the, the other vehicle and we would drive for a half an hour and shoot, you know, as many takes as we needed. And we would pull over, readjust the camera, readjust, you know, uh, you know, uh, the lighting. We we're not using lighting. We we're, you know, kind of uh, blocking off light, to be honest. Um, and we would readjust the microphones every single time. Um, so it certainly, you know, that was part of what we would do, you know, so you wouldn't spend your time, you know, trying to fix lights for two hours, you'd spend your time like, okay, we're about to drive and we're driving Northeast and, you know, depending on what time of the day, where's the light coming from? And, you know, is there mountains and, you know, how do you use what, what you have in your best favor? So, I mean, that's a lot to ask of your cast as well, it seems, because you have two actors and obviously they're physically moving through space. They're driving. I mean, how did, how did you guys shoot? Did you, were you able to do like something sequentially or what? Uh, Yes. So the two actors, Daniel Sharman and uh, Nicholas Logan, super talented guys. And we certainly gave them a challenge, which was you're going to be in a vehicle and you're literally going to experience this. And part of cr the creative concept was allowing the universe to affect, you know, what it is that we're doing from a story and from a behavioral standpoint. So we're just going to use it, you know, and if the sun is in your eyes, then it's a challenge. Um, and, you know, if you're driving fast, it's a challenge. And if you're driving, period, it's a challenge. And, you know, uh, for Daniel, who played uh, the character driver, he literally had to drive and act at the same time. So, you know, obviously safety comes first. And you think about, you know, like, you know, you kind of think about what the scene is and you talk about it beforehand and you make sure nobody's at, at, in harm's way. And, you know, you think about roads that, you know, uh, are the safest. You don't drive on major interstates and, and uh, expect somebody to act and drive at the same time. Um, but, you know, you, you, you find a nice off-road and it's, it 100% impacted the way you know, he acted just because, you know, if, if you're feeling frustrated, you know, if that's what the character is going through and like you're stuck behind a vehicle, 
um, or you drive off road and, you know, the rumble strip starts to rumble underneath you, you know, like every, it, it, it creates, you know, a mood within the car, you know, within the characters and the relationship and the dynamics. So you kind of have to lean into it. Um, and, you know, obviously think about safety as you're doing it and, you know, allow people to stop acting and like, just focus on, you know, driving at moments yeah yeah um <laughs> but generally you know like it it made it the movie better so overall what didn't you what is there anything you feel like you didn't get or that you had to change and rewrite and adapt on something that you wish you could have done a little differently um so i mean when we when i originally wrote the script it it, it called for a seven thousand mile drive that we would uh, you know visit you know all these different cities and uh covid you know, kind of said no, you know, and we were just mm -hmm. wanted to be reasonable about it. So, you know, just rethinking about the locations that we visit, you know, was the first thing that got off the table, you know, like you just like, okay, we're not going to visit that city. And so it started, you know, COVID and, you know, and where hot spots were happening was kind of just redirecting where we were looking at potentially shooting. And also uh, the duration of the day, like, Hello, yeah. half the film, eight, eight hour work days. <laughs> right. Is that what you were, were you able to do eight hours on this one? Cause I mean, uh, there's a big push right now half, from so many half people. Half the film, half, half yeah. the shoot yeah. days were eight hours. Yeah. Wow, that's fantastic. I mean, I, I'm a huge advocate for shorter days. I think everybody is. Everybody that's worked the 14, 16 hour, like, you know, day, so many days in a week, it's brutal and it, it's unsustainable Ridiculous. and it, it wrecks lives and people and mental stuff. So I'm all big on that. So that's amazing. You guys also with all these constraints still were able, you, you push yourself to maintain the healthiest work environment. For sure. I mean, you, you're just, it's a part of it, you know, uh, there are eight people traveling and every decision you make affects everybody. There's nowhere to run and hide and like, you're all in it together. So you have to work with, you know, people that care and are passionate and, you know, want to make a great movie. So, you know, if, you know, like small decisions of like, you know, do we want to finish shooting the scene before launch? And like the implication is the next town that actually has food is, is not an hour, not for an, an hour and a half or a hundred mm -hmm. miles. Like, it affects everybody and it affects the mood. So, you know, like you kind of have to be really smart and, you know, everybody just needs to be communicating and on the same page. And, uh, you know, you, you make decisions as a team and for the better. Of course. I mean, that's a, honestly, the eight hour day makes me feel so much better about this whole thing. It makes it hopefully, <laughs> that's my hope going forward. Cause honestly, yeah. pr practically, I think it's going to be really a 10 hour day. You know what I mean? But the thing is, is whenever you do a 10 hour day, it's actually a 12 hour day. Cause locations got to be there early. You know what I mean? The AD has got to be there it's late. Like everybody's different. This is a bubble. Like this is such an like lightning in the bottle, Stephen, you know, because mm -hmm. it's, we're, we're working with a very buttoned up tight script. Gary knows. Gary knows what's happening on Wednesday, two months ago, right? He knows, he knows what he wants from the story that day. And he lets his actors drive themselves, no pun intended, right? And so, and these actors are incredible, like so collaborative, but also like within their craft, but also as teammates, you know, like Gary's picking up a case. They're picking up a case. Like everybody's working on it together and just, it's almost like a fun, like being kids. You're like, oh, let's do this. You don't have like, 
these suits on the set telling you this and like people like in your ear making you double think, you know, like we're just all together, you know, doing this. And so it ends up being like a really well-oiled machine. And you really have, it's just, if it, it just, all the pieces really fit. And it's just such an anomaly, you know, and that's, that's how, amazing. yeah, because it's like, you know, if, the actors and they're just so open and, and honest with Gary and, and it was just such a safe environment and so I you'll I'm just really excited to see you know everything on the big screen and see everybody's faces because it's it's just such a challenging yeah it's COVID but everybody's bringing their COVID experience onto set you know and I really keep saying it we just kept leaning into it Right. So are you going to do any pickups? Do you have any plan to do pickups or is it basically what you see, what you got is what you got at this point? I mean, I think we got it. If I'm being honest, like, I think it's, you know, um, we create an experience, but at the the end of the day, you're going to edit the movie and uh, whatever it takes to make, to make the best product, you're going to do what you got to do. And that being, but that being said, you know, um, you just think about what, what you're shooting and, and you know, hopefully you, you really got to know why you're doing it, you know, and what each moment means. Cause there's no time to think there's no time to, you know, uh, to redo things. Oh, we, you know, we did have time to like redo a scene that, you know, I think as a group, we collectively like we could do better, you know, we, you know, we could do better. Um, but I, I you know, I, you, you set out to make a movie and like, you know, whatever the, the end result needs, that's what it's, you know, if, if it requires us to reshoot, we'll see, you know, uh, but. So right what's, a, what's your schedule for the, uh, for, for finishing? You guys have a, an expected end date for when the movie is hopefully going to be finished and then start looking for distribution or have you had discussions with distribution with anybody? It, it is an independent film. So, you know, uh, we're making this uh, with, you know, through blood, sweat, and tears, you know, um, before a distributor uh, is involved. So there's no exact set timeline, but uh, we're moving at a voracious pace. <laughs> if people wanted to follow you along your path here, how would they do that? You could follow me on Instagram at Gary Gardner Film is my handle. Um, yeah, there will be all kinds of great stuff, you know, in regards to trailers and websites when the appropriate time comes along. Fantastic. Make sure I'll make sure that we throw it out there to everyone as well. And uh, Monica, Gary, it was wonderful to get to meet you guys. And I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, it's our pleasure. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Okay, what are our takeaways, Steve, after a great conversation with the filmmakers? who made a movie during the COVID outbreak. They did it also kind of early on when testing wasn't really a thing and it was a lot harder. And they had those those at-home rapid tests, which are pretty good. And I mean, they get like two or three day turnaround. I mean, totally makes sense. It just, uh, you know, that's that's awesome. They were able to coordinate with SAG and get that all done. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty impressive uh, to be able to achieve that. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Obviously, they had a whole extra hurdle of things to get around during COVID, but, um, you know, also just the nature of it being an independent, small budget movie on the road, um, already there, there's so many things there. And I, some of my takeaways just have to do with how they handled that. Like, I love how, uh, they doubled their production vehicle, uh, and the camera car. So they had two vehicles, 
one camera car, right? That was talent essentially, that was, they were filming, but they made their production vehicle the exact make and model as that camera car. And I thought that was a really good idea. Right, absolutely. I mean, I think that that was really smart too. I mean, it seems like the kind of movie that would be a lot of fun, right? Where you kind of go out on the road with, you know, eight people, you bond for three weeks and you have a great time filming with each other. And it, I'm, I'm sure that that's going to reflect in the product too. It reminds me almost of a lot of those kind of road movies from the 60s and 70s. And uh, right. Nika even mentioned that, you know, back then they didn't have so many of the luxuries and technologies that we often have today. And they didn't have uh, many of those luxuries when they were in production. So you just kind of make it happen just like everything else. Yep, exactly. I mean, I think the lesson here is grab a hold of it and make it and you can do it regardless of limitations. You know what I mean? Like there, there, you can't, you can't, you have, you make excuses or you can make it go. Let's make it go. Filmmaking is a collaborative experience. And so is this podcast. Please take a second to subscribe. So you know about future episodes and leave a review. It really does help us. For more info about today's guest, please visit independentfilmmakersguide.com where you can check out all our episodes that run the gamut of filmmaking topics. They're available in both audio and video format. IFG is created by Framework Productions. This episode was directed by James Allardyce, produced and edited by Matt Mundy and Audrey Ray McHale, and hosted by Stephen Pierce. The music is by Glassboy. Find his music on freemusicarchive.org. See and listen to all the episodes plus bonus content at independentfilmmakersguide.com. Thanks for listening. Hey friends, we just wanted to take a quick moment to talk about two personal things. First, we wanted to thank you, our listening community and our wonderful guests, learning so much together along the way and continuing to learn, sharing our stories, making a lot of new friends and collaborating, which is exactly what this is all about, which also brings me to my second point. In great part to many of these new relationships, we wanted to let you know that we've taken a lot of this advice ourselves and made our own narrative feature film, Heard, H-E-R-D, Heard, which is premiering this October on Friday the 13th in select theaters as well as on VOD. Personally, I think it's the perfect kind of scary movie to watch during our favorite scary season. So we'd love for you to celebrate with us and watch Heard. You can pre-order it on Apple TV, and of course, do the communal thing, see it in theaters. Of course, for all of this, please see our show notes, but basically, we're going to keep it all updated at herd.film. That's H-E-R-D dot F-I-L-M, herd.film as well. Thank you again, and be sure to give us a rating and a review over on Apple Podcasts so we can continue to build this community and collaborate. IFG, how movies get made.